Thank you, Jeff. Get down in the dark was that one. This is the final outcome of the four acoustic guitars we've seen. This is completely solid. Yeah, absolutely. Now, how important is the shape? Because Julian thought earlier on that a solid-bodied guitar, any yeah. any shape body would be um, all right. I think probably the quality of the wood has more to do with it. So the seasoning is yeah. as important as, yeah. as are the electronic side. I don't know if there's any any goodness in this wasted body you know, and yeah. uh, contour body. I think there must be something in it. But uh, these pickups are very powerful. Now, can you see why there are two pickups? Um, this one here picks up a mellow sound in the strings. And this one, which is, I've gone through the middle position, which is both. both yeah. This one is this one alone. It picks up a harsh tone. The strings seem very light compared to, say, that used by Paco. Uh, is this to facilitate the bending? Um, partly the, the reason is I've got very weak flesh on my fingers. Yeah. And the bending that I do, it would probably slice it up like a piece of yeah. cheese. You should uh -huh. some, some bending, see? Just um. Something drives us to do this. It was the lack of, I suppose, satisfaction of listening and just absorbing what was played on a record and wanted to get on board and find out, you know, and then interpret what I heard. That's, that's really what it is. He is consistently ranked as one of the best and most influential guitarists of all time. Welcome to WatchMojo.com, and today we'll be taking a look at the life and career of Jeff Beck. Born June 24, 1944, Jeffrey Arnold Beck began singing and playing makeshift guitars at a young age. Beck showcased a unique ability to imitate a variety of guitar styles. When he began his career in the 1960s, he used this skill to his advantage. It's hard to put the finger exactly where my present style comes from. It's just a, the years of listening to people that I really was drawn to, you know, from rockabilly to the 60s, you know, Hendrix and um, even Ravi, Ravi Shankar, who twisted everything around for me with the bends. And I applied a lot, a lot of his, not direct lifts, but the actual technique of bending the G string and and, you know, forming melody by bending the string rather than just playing the single note. So a lot goes to, to Ravi Shankar for that. It's also um, Eastern influence, you know, Arabic music. I don't care about politics or anything like that. As long as the song sounds good, I'll play it and, and, and try to, you know, embroider what's there and embellish it and, and try to make it my own. In 1965, his friend and fellow session guitarist Jimmy Page recommended Beck as a replacement for Eric Clapton in the band The Yardbirds. His time with the band was a successful one, and they had many top 40 hits, including their cover of the track, I'm a Man. By 1967, Beck had formed the Jeff Beck Group with members like vocalist Rod Stewart and bassist Ronnie Wood. By the time the band dissolved two years later, they had produced two critically and commercially successful albums, Truth and Beck Ola. Tomorrow, 
Another incarnation of the group materialized in the early 1970s, though this band fell apart after two albums. But you build up a, a camaraderie, and I think anybody will tell you that the band is better than pick-up players any day of the week. You become a soap opera, you become a family, really, and you share travel griefs and misery and all the rest of it. Internet <laughs> and all the rest of it. Beck joined up with bassist Tim Bogert and drummer Carmine Apiece to form Beck, Bogert and Apiece in 1972. Some sad breaking news to report. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame guitarist Jeff Beck has died from what his family says was a short bout with bacterial meningitis. Beck is a legendary guitarist eight grammy awards to his name an innovator in rock and blues he's so good he's actually in the hall of fame twice as a member of the yardbirds and with his own group rolling stone puts him in the top five of the greatest guitarists ever jeff beck was 78 years ladies i've done other music uh, after the yardbirds but uh, anyway somebody told me i should be proud tonight but i'm not because they keep me out <laughs> they did Damn. The story of the first Jeff Beck group was, where do you go after the Yardbirds? I couldn't just sit around doing nothing. And the uh, first problem was having a lead singer. Oh, God, I hate me. We go back to really early teens, and let me tell you, that was a long while ago. <laughs> but, but we must have been about 13, 14 when we first met, and, you know, we stayed friends uh, all the way through, and um, I did session work, and, and Jeff was in bands, and then Jeff was in the Yardbirds, and then I was in the Yardbirds with Jeff. And, uh, well, you know, we, we, we went on uh, after... after um, Jeff started making solo records, and we, I carried on with the Yardbirds for a while. And we both started to continue in our own sort of way. I, I, I sort of had Led Zeppelin, and, and, uh, and Jeff kept going. And, and I've got to tell you, I've got to tell you that, that, that you'd sort of listen to Jeff along the way, and you'd go, wow, he's getting really, really good, Jeff, you know? <laughs> and you'd hear him a few years later, and... Uh, and he just keep getting better and better and better, and, and he still has all the way through. And he, you know, he leaves us, us mere mortals, believe me, you know, just wondering and, and, and having so much respect for him. Because Jeff's whole guitar style has, um, it's just totally unorthodox to the way that anyone was taught. And he's, and he's just really developed a whole style that, um, of, the, of, of expanding the electric guitar and making it into something which was just sounds and techniques totally unheard of before and that's just an amazing feat believe me um, as you know he's he's done some amazing um, some amazing uh, fusion records um, blow by blow for a start was just a, a solo record that that you know just established him as just the most incredible soloist of our time you know and he just doesn't stop. <laughs> he gets better and better and better. And I tell you, I'm really honored to be here to induct Jeff into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because he's done so much for rock and roll. He always will. Come on, Jeff.
Oh dear. Oh dear. Jim, thank you so much for that. <laughs> I've been naughty all my life and I don't deserve this at all. But I shall continue to be naughty, I think. But, uh, <laughs> What's that? Uh, sorry, I've lost a bit of hearing. It's all Pete Townsend's fault. <laughs> but uh, I really don't deserve this. I've been so naughty all my life. And, uh, but uh, people have been behind me, you know. Uh, I've got to mention Ernest Chapman, who looked after my finances. And uh, boy, did he look after them. <laughs> for 30 years and uh, he steered me through a minefield of financial trouble and uh, he knew nothing about rock and roll but he had a kind of Colonel, Colonel Tom Parker quality about him. He sort of knew that it, if he hung around me long enough I might do something worthwhile. And <laughs> um, He's no longer my manager because I think he prefers golf uh, so we'll let him do that and um, I'm very proud that Harvey Goldsmith is now my manager. And, uh, here he is right here, Harvey. Big hand for Harvey Goldsmith. Last of all, I mean, there's so many people that have helped me, and uh, I'd like to extend a huge thanks to them and a huge thanks to those that didn't, you know, help me out. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so, thank you, Jim. And, um, to stand here in front of Scotty is just more than I ever could believe you know and, and DJ and all that but you guys I mean Jimmy you you'll back, back me up on this you know we used to sit and just you know dribble over your playing you know fantastic thank you for that thank you all thank you that's it and my wife my dear wife Sandra Hi, this is the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast, where I talk about film and I talk about music. And Jeff Beck was a true guitar, I mean, he was a guitar guru. He wasn't just a guitar god, he was a guitar guru with a capital G. And I was on my way to go get a haircut, and it was in the rain, and I had to drive careful. And I, I spy this email. Patty Smith is saying, "I will always remember Jeff Beck." And I went, "What? What? I am stunned." People, oh well, he was seventy-eight, but that he was Jeff Beck. He was Jeff. Back. Oh my goodness. This is this is this is an incredible loss. It's um uh, I played that clip of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because he grew up knowing Jimmy Page. In fact, Jimmy Page's birthday was this week, as was Rod Stewart's. And who dies? They're a guitar player. They're um. Their partner in crime. Their brother of rock and roll. 
He earned the Grammy Award, even though the Grammys sometimes just suck, for Best Rock Instrumental Performance six times and Best Pop Instrumental Performance once. Okay? He was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame twice, first as a member of the Yardbirds and as a solo artist in 2009. He was in the Yardbirds. He fronted the Jeff Beck group and Beck, Bogert, and Apice. And then he started doing jazz, and then he started doing blues, and then he started doing electronica. Rolling Stone has ranked him at number five of the guitar players of all time. He should be at number two or number one. Whichever way you look at it. Um, people talk about commercial success. I say fuck commercial success. Jeffrey Arnold Beck, who was born on June 24th, 1944, in Wallington, Surrey, England, and died today, yesterday, January 10th, 2023, at the age of 78, in East Essex, England. There was nobody else like him. There's a reason for that. And they call this his unorthodox plane, and... What a long, long career. Long. He had weathered many, many storms. Here he was in the 21st century. Still doing it. Going on tour with Johnny Depp. He had just finished two tracks for Ozzy Osbourne's album, Patient Number 9. He wasn't done. He wasn't done. Um, he died of bacterial meningitis. <sighs> 1968's Truth. 1969's Beck Ola. 1971's Rough and Ready. With the Jeff Beck Group. Jeff Beck Group, 1972. Blow by Blow, 1975. Wired, 1976. There and Back, 1980. Flash, 1985. Jeff Beck's Guitar Shop, 1989. Who else? 1999. You Had It Coming, 2000. Jeff, 2003. Motion and Commotion, 2010. Loud Hailer, 2016. Collaborative albums, Beck, Bogert, and A Piece, 1973. Frankie's House with Jed Lieber. Crazy Legs with the Big Town Playboys, 1993. 18, 2022 with Johnny Depp. <sighs> this is just... He was he was extremely important, and it and it bothers me where people are always like, "Oh my God, commercial!" He didn't have much commercial success, and I say, "Fuck commercial success." And oh my God, he was on fire. Hero of the late sixties. Um, sorry, afraid so. You have to live with it. 
And people like Eric Clapton. I mean, he's a lunatic. Yeah, and people like there are no other people really no. like you and Eric. He seems to have found his niche and almost have gone back to blues. You have tended more towards towards jazz. Is that right? Mm, it, jazz is something that uh, you have to sort of define. You can't just mm. say, oh, that's jazz, just because some guy's playing a fast lick in a rock tune. And that's what it does happen. People, people do misinterpret. Mm. So you don't like I, I was veering, I must admit, I was veering towards some sort of mm. jazz, but uh, it's really, it's just electric rock, you know, high-powered high, high rock and very explicit rock. It's a fact. And uh, they said, please come and play with the Brian Wilson about any one of Brian's songs. I didn't come properly prepared, where I learned... Do, 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 do. And they said, okay, great. Do you want to hear us play it first? And they played this magnificent rendition. I went, right, that's the end of that. <laughs> and, so, and then I foolishly started playing. Surfs up, they went, that's it. Go away and learn it. I spent like, eight hours solid learning it in bed, driving my missus crazy. And it went really well, the standing ovation. And they said, oh, Brian wants to meet you. And I went, oh, man, this is it. This is the payoff. And he went, that was really pretty. And he went straight past him. <laughs> that was it. I turned around and followed him. I thought, you're not getting bollocks, you know. <laughs> is that it? That was really pretty. Me and my close buddy at school, we ventured up to London. You know, we just barely had the train fit. And uh, we, we said to the guy at the station, where are all the guitars? We had no idea where we were going. He said, Charing Cross Road, number 24 bus. We're wiping the sort of moisture off the inside the window. I've just seen God. There's a red strat hanging in the window and the telecaster of Jennings Musical Industries. And uh, I just didn't care who was there. I just picked up one and started playing it. And uh, I put my foot up on the amp and he went, get out of this shop. <laughs> but now they make my own guitar. They give me my own Fender. <laughs> Hello, boys. <laughs> Anyway, somebody told me I should be proud tonight, but I'm not, because they keep me out. <laughs> they did. Fuck them. Ha! I could play for you so many magnificent moments from Jeff Beck's career. I, I wouldn't even say it was a career. He did what he loved. We all strive to do that. And you could say maybe some of this is Spinal Tap is maybe loosely based on Jeff Beck. Um... 
I mean, there's Nigel, played by Christopher Guest. Uh, <laughs> during his induction, his Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, they played a clip from Spinal Tap, and uh, that kind of made you go, oh. So, I mean, there's this moment. Play all, I mean, do you actually play all these, or? Well, I play them, and I cherish them. Mm-hmm. This is at the top of the heap right here. There's no question about it. Look at the look at the flame on that one. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's quite unbelievable. This what this one is just uh, it's perfect. 1959. Uh, you know, it just you can uh, listen. How much is just, this? Just listen for a minute. I'm the not, sustain. Listen to it. I'm not hearing anything. You would though if it were playing because yeah. it really it's famous for its sustain. I mean, you can yeah. just hold it. Well, I mean, so you don't. Have to, you can go go and have a bite. No, you still yeah. be hearing that one. Yeah. Can you hold this a sec? You sure. This one, this of course is a custom three pickup. Oh, this is my radio unit. Oh, so I, I, see I strap you... this this piece on, you know, right down in here when I'm on stage. Oh, so you know, wireless. Wireless, exactly. Yeah. And uh, I can play without all the mucky muck. You can run anywhere on exactly. stage with that. Oh, this is special too. See, look, see, still got the uh, the old tagger on it. So you never even played it. See? You just bought it. Don't touch it. I, don't well, touch I, it. I wasn't going to no touch one, it. No, don't touch it. I was it. just pointing at it. I, well, don't point even. Don't it even point. Be, no, it can't be played. Never. I mean, I can I, I look I, at no. it? No, no. You see enough of that one. This is a top to a, you know what we use on stage, but it's very. So you could say, maybe loosely, that Jeff Beck kind of inspired Christopher Guest's performance in "This Is Spinal Tap." Some musicians don't like this as Spinal Tap. Probably because they've had many drummers, although there's the exploding drummers. But I've never heard Jeff Beck complain. Have you? I had no no, um, introduction to the guitar at all, other than I used to go home uh, on a Friday with a friend of mine who had a TV set, and uh, he let me watch Popeye. And uh, there was a guitar always there on on his sofa with only three strings on it. And uh, I used to mess around with it. And he said, do you want to borrow it? And I said, yes, please. And somehow I got the rest of the strings and he never asked for it back. I didn't know what electric guitar was. I thought that electric was radios and steam irons, I mean, irons and electric irons and cookers. And what the hell's an electric guitar? You know, we already know what a guitar is. And then you find out it has a wire that pick up and and it's amplified. Oh, now I get it. So buying the electric guitar is only the first stage. You've got to get all the other stuff with it. That's what was on all the records that I loved, you know, like the Elvis Presley records and Gene Vincent records, all the, all the rock artists of the mid-50s that featured heavily on, uh, you know, like really trebly sounding guitar. That's what caught my ear. If you've got a circle of friends that are guitar nerds like I had, you'd find out, oh, this was a Gibson, that was a Telecaster, and that was... You know, it just became a life quest, finding out who made those noises, who recorded them. And um, Les Paul, of course, was there right up. <laughs> he was the instigator right in the, in the late 40s with a slap echo and a very trebly sound. Up to that point, one hadn't heard the trebly sounding guitar. They were very m- muted, you know, almost sort of smooth sounding jazz guitar. The slap echoes are born and rock and roll was on its way. Buddy Holly, I think, 
many uh, many rock guitarists have mentioned this album as the chirping crickets, where there's the, tri the crickets are standing on the front, but they're proudly holding this strat, and I thought, I've got to have one of those. So then there's another quest, you know, and the telly was no good, I wanted a strat. And then I found out that all the Elvis Presley records had a Gibson on it. Where the hell are we going to get all this money from? I started off with a 25-pound guitar, which was probably about 30 bucks, 40 bucks. Piece of rubbish it was, but it was good enough for me. It felt great compared with the homemade one that I made. I found out that Fender had a range that was just about, you know, reachable. Like, I think the, the Esquire was really reasonably cheap. Uh, <laughs> it was still way beyond what I had, but it was the cheapest. Really, really great guitar. So it was a Strat, really, that was the icon. And um, then when I saw Hendrix play one, I thought, that's it. Um, I already played one before I ever knew about him, like five, maybe eight years before. And I thought, that's, you know, he's making the right noises with that. So I went back on it and stayed with it. I've only ever bought one. When I first met Eric Clapton, which you asked me earlier, and Jeff Beck, you know, they came to me and said, well, you know, before we saw you, we didn't we didn't think a Fender was made to play blues. We thought it was just a country and western guitar. And when they saw me play in February 1965 in London, I didn't know them and they didn't know who I they, they had heard a few things I did with chess with a mud in them and one of a 45 or something. They say they saw me play a Strat. And matter of fact, I think it was one of the magazines had me and Beck in there maybe 20 years ago called us a Strat. As Buddy Guy talking about Jeff Beck and um, Clapton, and I, we could overly talk about Clapton, but come on. Was that a big step for you? Well, who knows what would have happened? I was in a pretty good blues band at the time, you know, and we just started making noise. But Eric left and went on a holiday, and uh, they said, Well, I said, When is he coming back? Because <laughs> I don't, I don't want to move, move out of my band and lose the slot. They said, no, no, I don't think so. And he had his, his suit fitted. I wore his suit and shoes. Your suit fitted you? <laughs> I stayed. You're exactly the same size? So, yeah, exactly, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. And I even borrowed his guitar because I didn't have a guitar then. So how did people know it was you? Huh? How did they know it was you? Didn't have a guitar then. So how did people know it was you? Huh? So how did people know it was you? Huh? How did they know it was you? So you started playing it? Oh, well, uh, <laughs> it was a tough slot to follow, let me tell you that. You know, Marquee, they were all waiting for Eric, and then I turned up. I mean, there's there's the many, many moments that we could talk about Jeff Beck. So let's do this.
That's from the 1966 film Blow Up, where the Yardbirds, Jimmy Page and Jeff Beck played, and Jeff Beck destroyed the guitar, and he stomped on it. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. That's how I remember Jeff. In fact, through the power of the Dr. Zeus film podcast, we'll end with Jeff. Jeff, how do you feel? I don't know. I'll, I'll, I couldn't tell you in a couple of weeks. It's, it's a different feeling, you know, all this love and everything. And at least people aren't talking about Eric. You know, they always talk about Eric, and they're talking about me. But you're dead. Well, you know, that's the price you pay. Did you take a Stratocaster with you? A Stratocaster. I took a Fender. I mean, I, I could have took a Les Paul, but those are kind of heavy to carry in heaven, you know. So you just carry it on your back. Well, where? how else am I going to carry it, man? I'm not going to take a case with me, you know. I'll walk up to the gate with a case. You let me in. No. You know, what's, what am I doing here? Well, Jeff, thank you for everything. Well, it's, you know, I was kind of hoping to turn 80, but here we go. It's eternal now. It's eternal. I mean, you know, you could say that I'm a guitar god now. I'm with the gods or whatever they are. You know, you won't. Yes, we would, Jeff. Thank you. Oh, I'm going to go now. And that's the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. Thank you, Jeff Beck. Unpleasant dreams. (laughs) 